SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Merriam-Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. And that's all good and fine, but old Miriam and Webster (laughs) used some words that I don't know and didn't really hit the mark when it comes to talking about Manukora honey. First off, Manukora isn't just sweet and viscid. It's got a rich, complex taste and a creamy, melt-in-your-mouth texture that you won't find in your average, everyday grocery store honey. And nectar of flowers doesn't cut it when you're talking about the nectar of the Manuka tea tree in New Zealand. The only nectar these bees feed on in the production of Manukora honey. In conclusion, Manukora ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks. And we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO 850 Plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself, if like, a company made grapes for the first time, we'd go nuts. It's, I feel like honey is this way, where I'm like, if anybody like made this up, we'd be going out of our minds. But this is like if honey happened again. Did you like the honey, Sari? So I moved into a new place where there's no insulation in the walls. And so uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea. And mm-hmm. sometimes that tea needs a little bit of honey. And I initially poured in this honey thinking it was going to be grocery store honey. And then I was like, that's different. And now it's a little uh, breakfast treat. It's a great breakfast treat because it's 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 a little like it's for toast. I could put like this on my butter toast and I'm like, oh, I'm having an experience. So Merriam-Webster also defines ultimate as the best or most extreme of its kind. Now that one fits Manukora to a T. Indulge in the best or most extreme sweet viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees from Manukora. If you head to manukora.com slash tangents, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MG850 Plus Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash tangents to get $25 off your starter kit. SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen this week. As always, I am joined by Stefan Jack. What's your tagline? Birthday cake Oreos. Mm. Mm. Sam Schultz is also here. Hello. What's your tagline? Not quite a mop, not quite a puppet. Sari Riley has joined us too. Mm-hmm. I'm here. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> More what? energy still. Sari, what's your tagline? A really long egg. Every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one-up amaze and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding Hank Bucks from week to week. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but sometimes we go on tangents. That's why the podcast is called SciShow Tangents, and if we deem the tangent unworthy of being tangented, we will force you to give up a Hank Buck. So tangent with care. And for this, the scariest month of all, and our final episode in that scary, scary month, we're doing... A different thing. Each episode in October, we have covered topics that are our panelists' greatest fears. And finally, we've gotten to Sam, who is going to share his greatest fear and introduce it to us via the science poem. Of all the creatures, small and wider, 
The worst to me must be the spider. They're big and hairy, crawly and brown. I'd like to die when they're around. <laughs> I check my bed sheets every night in case one's waiting to give me a bite. I cannot go into basements or cellars for fear of meeting eight-legged dwellers. Mm -hmm. In every room, I check the ceiling, and if there's a spider, I run off squealing. But in my heart of hearts, I know the little guys just want to go and spin a web and eat a fly. And that is why I've sworn that I would never smash one with a shoe. And in one's life, that's not nice to do. And that brings me to my dark confession. I make my wife do all the smashing. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, Sam. Congratulations on your Hank book Thanks. and on your great poem and on your pretty normal fear. Yeah. It's kind of a boring one, it's but they, common one. I'm legitimately afraid of them. They have too many legs. Yeah. Very and they're boring. always hanging out and they got they got biteies. They got those bites. If they're outside, I don't mm. smash them. Oh, sure. If they're inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sari, what's a spider? They're an arachnid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're eight legs. They're, they're an arthropod. They're an arthropod. Oh. Yeah. They're a bug. If you define bug as like a crawly thing on land, yeah, then they're I do. a bug. <laughs> but not they, an insect. No. Are they the only thing that has eight legs other than an octopus? No. Mites. Uh, uh, also, what? Are mites arachnids? Yes. Ticks. Daddy long legs, I think, have eight legs but aren't a spider. Mm, they're huntsmen. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all related to each other. Mm. They're all arachnids. Is a crab a spider? No. Okay. There are spider crabs, though. Right. In the yeah. ocean. <laughs> and there are also crab spiders. Ah, confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Their body plans are just very, very weird. Uh -huh. And I didn't realize how weird they were. I like, didn't think about it because mm -hmm. I just kind of avoided spiders uh -huh. in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. But they have eight legs. Chalicerae, which I think are the little, like, pincy... I'm making a motion on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. I know what you mean. The little mouth things mouth that are, like, things. extra yeah. little legs on yeah. their mouths. No. Fangs that they can inject venom with. Ew. They have spinnerets, which are, like, the silk yeah. organs. This spider I'm looking at right now has two normal eyes that I think would be a little bit cute if it didn't have a full a mustache of, of other eyes. <laughs> 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 I couldn't really find a good explanation of arachnophobia. My guesses are... They like skitter across the ground. Mm -hmm. So they move in a way that is foreign to humans. Have you ever been in a really quiet room and heard one's little feet on the no. ground? No. I, I always have music playing <laughs> to avoid that fate. <laughs> I sit in quiet rooms a lot, but I never hear spiders. They like crawl out of my ceiling. And as long as they don't leave the ceiling, my yeah. relationship with them is I'll leave them be because they'll crawl back into the ceiling. Well, you got a bunch there. of ceiling holes? Yeah, I live on the top floor of a house, so mm. it, I think it's like what used to be an attic. So mm -hmm. I have a bunch of slats, mm. bunch of ceiling holes. I yeah. also have a bunch of ceiling holes, and if they're up there, I'm not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. If they're above my bed, though, so there then are they rules. Die. That is not necessarily a hard and fast rule because if it's big and creepy enough, then it will die. Okay, oh, yeah. But. I was always scared of spiders because I would run face first into their webs oh, without yeah. seeing them, That's and so I think thing. they they're like interact you. with no. us more. They alter the environment in an unpleasant way. Yeah, they they can make your day worse yeah. <laughs> also they are venomous like they can mm -hmm. do damage to Thanks. a person mm -hmm. so yeah. i think it's n normal to be afraid of them like it's normal to be afraid of snakes because they can kill you i think part of it is also conditioning so people seeing that other people are afraid of spiders so mm -hmm. if you have a parent who is afraid of spiders mm -hmm. you're gonna mm -hmm. like learn to be afraid of spiders yeah and like halloween decorations and stuff. Yeah. yeah we like the spiders that are just bones <laughs> yeah i love those kind of halloween decorations yeah. where they just make things bones yeah that don't have bones yeah and we got some gross spiders here hobo spiders are the most scary looking spider i hate the long they long look like legs. the spiders made of bones yeah they do 
Mm. And they're 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 aggressive, mm-hmm. which is a thing I don't like. A hobo spider is like, I'm gonna come at you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're so I'm small. so big. <laughs> go, go away. I am scared of you, but I can't I, one kill lunged you. lunged at me once. It was, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, uh, was stuck in one of those spider traps and I like picked it up oh, and the hobo God. spider was like, <laughs> and I was like, ha, and I threw it away <laughs> across the room and I just left it there for a long I time. I hate <sighs> spider traps because then you can see just how, how many, many spiders are in your walls because only a small fraction of them are there. I just would rather not know. And that means it's time for... Uh, So Sari has brought three facts for our enjoyment, but two of those facts are big, fat lies, and it's our job to suss out the truth. And if we get it right, we get a Hank Buck. If Sari fools us, you get a Hank Buck. So there's a lot on the line here, and I need to come back. <laughs> you can't in this episode catch up with anyone. So <laughs> I can't catch up with anyone? No, not if you... Can't even catch can Stefan? No. make a dent in. Oh, my God. <laughs> a bunch of material science stories these days are touting spider silk as miraculous material to make bulletproof clothing or mm-hmm. artificial tendons or surgical Ooh. thread. But historically, we didn't just use it for practical inventions. We also used it in art. So, which of these artistic uses of spider silk is true? One, creating fragile bootlegged records in times of cultural censorship. Number two, (laughs) dipping them in ink and using them to cut into skin and make intricate tattoos. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Or three, creating really delicate canvases for small watercolor portraits. I mean, the first two are not possible. The the third one is boring. So it has to be one of the first, first two, which are both not possible. We've got creating a fragile bootleg record out of spider silk. Like a vinyl record? Yeah, But right? spider's silk? Like I put it mm-hmm. on a record player? Yeah, okay. like you put it on a record player. Uh, okay. Two, dipping it into ink and tattooing yourself with a cut, spider cuts. silk. Like poking, huh. poking it into you. Okay. Or three, creating delicate canvases for small watercolor portraits. That sounds like a very Victorian era thing to do. Mm. Is have a creepy little spiderweb portrait of yourself. Sure. Yeah, that's good. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's sturdy. I don't know why we don't use spider silk instead of like caterpillar silk, which is what we use to make silk. But I guess it's just because caterpillars make a lot more of it. The problem with spiders is that they're always competing with each other, which is why everyone's mm. like, how do we genetically engineer other things to make spider silk? They're always competing with each other to do what? Survive. To eat food oh. and, and kill then each they other. like there are spiders that eat other spiders. I guess caterpillars are doing that too, but they live in a more solitary right. life where they just kind of sit and they make their cocoon. I feel like a group of people would have decided that using silk in the tattoo would be like a cool ritual yeah. or yeah. like some mm-hmm. kind of I don't understand how it would work, but like yeah. it's very thin. So I feel like you could make it go in if you could get it to be strong enough. The thing I will say is spider silk can get very strong. People in certain cultures use spider silk without any modifications as fishing line. Oh and oh. things like that. Whoa. So like that Do is how to tough. Like- Weave it into the into like no, it, like it is just by a strand. Yeah, it's just what? like a strand. Whoa. It can like have pretty strong tensile strength. Sorry, I thought this was a thing that people knew. No, Spider- you can just uh-uh. catch a fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't tell me about the fish. That's fishing. wild. I should have made my fact easier. Oh, I was like, everyone's gonna know about all the uses of spider silk. Oh man, the record sounds the fakest. I have though. to collect so much spider web. I think. How can or, you? Yeah. Do you melt it do you down? Like how do you make a disc out of it? Like what do you? I don't know. I think we can safely discount that <laughs> we can discount that <laughs> I think that that's a dangerous thing to say but I agree with you but I'm terrified uh, I think I'm gonna go tattoo Ooh. I think I'm gonna go tiny watercolor portrait okay oh. 
I'm also gonna go tattoo. Okay. Uh, it is the tiny canvases. Yay! Ah! <laughs> well, at least Hank's not catching up to me. <laughs> it just sounds like something that would go hand in hand with like a mummy party and like going to a psychic. Or was it was it cute though? Were they creepy or were they just like they used them as like they just normal? look like normal paint? Oh, okay. I don't know. They were like they did a lot of religious painting back then. This mm, one's yeah. like of a little sheep. They're a little Ooh. creepy though because they're translucent. Yeah, they just collected webs. So these paintings were usually like three inches by four inches, so really, really small. And they would mostly collect cobwebs from funnel web spiders, which are thicker okay, yeah. webs. To strengthen it, they brushed it with milk. Yeah. I don't know. I like really tried to find why. Why that did anything. Yeah. The closest thing I could find was that nowadays... There are genetic engineers at the University of Wyoming mm-hmm. that are creating spider silk proteins in goat milk. Yeah. And so there must be something to do with like the protein composition of milk that is similar enough to the protein composition of Weird. the spider silk oh, yeah, yeah. to uh-huh. make it possible. And so painting milk on spider silk makes it stronger for some reason. So I shouldn't just paint milk on stuff to make it stronger. <laughs> I don't know. My Maybe. hair bones. <laughs> my bones. Yeah. It'd be hard to paint milk on my, my own bones. <laughs> Austrian peasants were oh. the ones who did cobweb oh. portraits mostly. Hmm. So they know the secret is paint milk on everything and yeah. then your problems wow. will be fixed. Everything stinks, but it's very strong. Mm-hmm. They didn't have anything else besides milk. So that was the <laughs> only yeah. they had. And they were just these very, very delicate canvases that they painted with watercolor or India ink. No one really knows why they did it. They were poor, so they probably couldn't afford like the, the fancy silk. artistic but, supplies. I don't know. Wasting milk and painting <laughs> on spider silk canvases sounds like a very rich thing yes, to it me. Well, it's decadent. a little bit of milk. These are small canvases. And they got mm. lots of milk. They're peasants. <laughs> That's all they have. They got, what you have <laughs> is a peasant. It's milk and free time. <laughs> the entire winter, there's nothing to do except starve. Yeah. So okay. it's just like, let's take some funnel web spiders out of the ground and just weave. I'm sorry if there's any Austrian peasants listening. I didn't mean to belittle your existence. I don't know. All the articles I read also said at the time, was you're bored in the winter in painting, you can express your spiritual devotion. Like this thing oh, took yeah. a really long time right. to paint. So if you mm. painted someone's portrait, they'll pay you a lot of money for it because they like seeing themselves. Or you could like express <laughs> yes. your spiritual dedication be like hello i'm patient enough to do this so what about this record the record is just a fact that i haven't been able to squeeze into tangents (laughs) about bone music you can't waste this now (laughs) it's too late but i it's too late if there's a thing called bone music that has to be the main attraction (laughs) i don't think i couldn't find a way to fit it in i got impatient i've been thinking about bone music for at least two years now (laughs) around world war ii soviet union was a place where like a lot of culture was being put Mm. under censorship especially music from other countries and so people would sell records on the black market that were made out of x-rays and so they would take Uh. an x-ray and put it in some sort of recording machine that would do very very small grooves in it to get like one song so they're really crude pretty fragile but then you can go on the black market or like walk through the streets and be like, hey, you got this song. And then so it's get it. in, in the vinyl of the x-ray or whatever that material yeah. is huh. in the photograph. Yes. And so it looks like you're buying the picture of a bone, but you're actually buying Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, this is also a problem not knowing music. I imagine like in my head. 
you could just spin spider silk in a circle and that would make the same thing as music maybe. <laughs> um, but apparently, you know how records work, right? I actually don't. I think okay. it's like grooves and vibrations. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's grooves and vibrations. Just the waveform of the noise is actually physically in it. Oh, okay. And uh. the needle moves and that gets amplified by electromagnetism. But Sari's a ghost uh. who lives in an attic and she makes music by waving spider webs around. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wasn't thinking of like a web either and like a web shaped yeah. is more close to a vinyl record. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of like a strand and I'm like, I don't know what you'd do with that. Well, I, I do think that it's impossible. Yeah. But maybe it's not. <laughs> well, we can do anything. Let's do We're it. humans. If we put our minds to it, we can solve global warming and make music on spider webs. And then tattoos, what do people tattoo themselves with? I learned about a thing called skin stitching, which is an indigenous tattooing technique in the US. It's a lot like sewing. So you have a needle and thread and then you dip the thread in ink and you like sew oh. through skin. Thread is part of it then the thread, the thread is part doesn't of it. like disappear or anything no it, you pull it out, out so you like thread it through oh. and the thread is just a mechanism Got to deposit to bring the, ink. the ink with interesting it. now it's time to go on to our short break and then the fact off SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. Welcome back. Sari, you're in the tie with two points. And Sam also has two points. And Stefan and I suck at the hang (laughs) with zero. One of us will come away with something (laughs) because it's time for the fact off. Hank versus Stefan, we have each brought science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow your minds. And you each have a Hank buck to award to the fact that you like the most. But if you hate both of them, you could just throw it away. So who's going to go first? Oh, shoot. I had a whole thing. I was going to do it as trivia, but I know the answer to the question. We need a better way to to pick. And Uh I was like, we'll do it as a trivia question. It's like a mini game. Yeah. But... I know the answer oh. because of how I thought up the question. Yes, that is a flaw. <laughs> um, so I need to, we need to have someone else think up the question. I have a question. Yeah. How many different species of spider are there? Ooh. And this is Price is Right rules? Price so. is Right yeah. rules. Okay, so who goes first? You should answer first. Okay. 
All right, I'm going to go with, oh, frick, 10,000. I'm going to say 45,000. Whoa. Just a rough guess. Wow. <laughs> it's oh. 40,000. Okay. Oh, no, Price is right. Her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the article I looked at said 45,000. Really? Wow. <laughs> he, he knew. <laughs> okay, so one of my sources said 40,000. This one says 35,000. This one says 43,000. They're all oh. fewer. Than 45,000. Yeah, right. Wow. Well, that's a lot of freaking spiders, you guys. I'm wow. glad I didn't say 200. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess by pure luck, I get to go first. Sam. Yes. Are you so you know how there's milk? Uh-huh. Uh, so all kinds of different kinds of milk. You got yeah. breast milk and cow's milk and goat's milk and you got bison milk. Even pigs have milk, but we don't drink it because it's really hard to get out of the pig if you're not a piglet. Mm. Uh, we've also got soy milks and almond milks, and there are even non-mammals that have milk. Pigeons have crop milk, mm-hmm. cool. um, where they have their crop secretes a thing that they regurgitate to their babies. It's, of course, not technically um, the, the same kind of lactation that we have, but it serves the same purpose, and they, they aren't mammals. So there are things that aren't mammals that kind of have milk, including mm-hmm. scientists... Out of China, discovered a new type of milk. It's spider milk. Very recently, spider milk was discovered. They were studying Toxius magnus, which is a type of jumping spider that primarily lives in Southeast Asia, and it's an ant mimic. So it mimics ants by having really big chelicera, or whatever they're called, those things. Mm, the, the mouth the, parts? The mouth parts. They, so they look like an extra body segment. Mm-hmm. And it mm. takes its top two legs and waves them in the air like antenna <laughs> instead of being legs. So it's an ant mimic, and they noticed that baby Toxius magnuses seem to take a long time to leave the nest. And then they started looking closer, and they found that in the first week after the spiders hatch, the mother leaves drops of milk on the nest, which they then come back for, and it comes out of the, like a spot on the underside of her abdomen. And when the spider are a week old, they begin sucking the milk directly from her body instead of drinking it off of the off what? of the nest. And that continues for about forty days, even as they then start going to forage for food on their own. They'll also come back and uh, drink the milk from the mom. And that takes the baby spiders right up to the edge of adulthood. If they were blocked from getting the milk early on, the baby spiders died in about 10 days. So it turns out they needed the milk. Hmm. In their findings, the scientists hypothesized that the milk, which has about four times more protein than cow's milk, is made up of unviable eggs that get like re-secreted for their nutritional value. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> little omelet milk from the spider's out of the speli- a spider's <laughs> boob yeah yeah just just like abdomen <laughs> nipple is there pictures of them eating the the, the milk they're not really easy to see it happening mm, there's uh-huh. a one really close-up picture of the milk that has come out of the spider and it's like it looks a little like sap Oh. It's like a light yellow color and it's clear. Huh. Okay. That's so like pus almost yes. rather than milk. So this well. isn't like going to be the next health craze. I mean, spider milk. it's four times more protein. Um, I don't know. It'd be hard to milk a bunch of spiders. But the fact that you can buy royal jelly, I'm just like, okay, I guess true. we can do anything. This is a fairly new. Um, and, and it was, you know, the scientists were like, we kind of have to rethink a lot about what we 
like how we imagine insects yeah. because there's very few examples of like caring for babies and insects but right. maybe there are more we just haven't been looking for it so i thought that was gross and cool <laughs> uh so a thing that i learned today mm-hmm. is that some spiders are social mm. which is not a thing i had thought existed but out of the tens of thousands of species there are about 25 that we know of that are social uh, and so live in like little colonies in one big web and sort of share in the responsibilities of raising the young and finding food. One specific species, Analosimus studiosus, is known for having this behavioral dichotomy. Each colony will be either sort of aggressive, a more aggressive colony, or will be very docile. And this is a heritable trait. So they pass it on to their young, and then their young go out and start new colonies that also have the same sort of temperament. Being more aggressive helps these spiders acquire more resources when, like, food is a little more scarce. But it also makes them more likely to cannibalize the males and their eggs. And also there's more, like, infighting when times are tough. Among many things that happen with climate change, one of the things that is projected to happen is that there will be more of the most intense kinds of tropical cyclones. And so these spiders live sort of in the Gulf and, like, Atlantic coasts of the U.S. and other areas, but... But this is where they were studying them because they wanted to see like how these like very intense cyclones, which are like very ecosystem disrupting events, like how the spiders fare and like in what ways it affects them. And so they studied 240 colonies around three tropical cyclone events in 2018. And once they had like a predicted path for the storm, they went out and like collected data on colonies that were in that path Mm -hmm. and also colonies that were not in the path as a control. And I love the way that they like tested the aggressiveness because they basically stuck little pieces of paper on the web and like held up an Oral-B toothbrush, like vibrating toothbrush up to this (laughs) piece of paper and counted how many spiders attacked and how quickly to see like how aggressive they were. I hate this research. Uh So they did that before the storm and then revisited all the colonies right after the storm and then months later to see like how many eggs they were producing and how many of the spider young were surviving to the point where they were ready to like leave the home and start their own colony. And in the cyclone affected colonies, the aggressive ones did much better and had more eggs and more surviving spiderlings. And at the control sites, they was the complete opposite effect. So selecting for more docile spiders outside of those areas. And so the increasing frequency of these tropical cyclones because of climate change is potentially selecting for much more aggressive spiders <laughs> in these <laughs> colonies that live in like big groups on giant webs. Yeah. This is your uh, headline. <laughs> giant groups of spiders hang you because of climate change. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm just scared of the angry spiders uh-huh. and like of other species becoming more aggressive now because of climate change. There's probably some species that are becoming more docile because of climate change too. Maybe. Because it's hot it seems, and they're sleepy. Because it's, sort of, it's hot and they're sleepy or they're just all dead. <laughs> it's the the cutthroat people yes. who survive in the apocalypse. Right. I don't want that for us and I don't want that for yeah. the spiders. No. Absolutely. Do you know if the toothbrush thing is standard for con- conducting they, spider research? They did say that that was a pretty common way that they used to test like how aggressive <laughs> spiders are. <laughs> so That's I don't good. know if there's like... You know, an Oral-B sponsorship or something. (laughs) Or Oral-B can just make a specific, like, spider vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think about that. Hold on. (laughs) All right. On three, say the name of your point getter. One, two, three. Hank. Hey! I'm coming for you, boy! Thinking about the little spiders with their mouths up against their mom and just, like... (laughs) 
So gross. Yeah, you did the. You decided to go for the creepiest uh-huh. one. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about breastfeeding in humans? Well, babies don't have little fangly mm-hmm. mouths with extra pieces on them. They're really cute. Yeah. And so, like a vampire breastfeeding would be. I don't even know what that is supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. Vampires are frozen in age. So if you make a baby, oh, baby vampire, no. they're baby forever. It's not, very, no. very tragic. Uh, you got it. Yeah, that's true. Twilight is what I was trying to say. Does I don't know. There's a baby vampire there, isn't there? Oh, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, wait, I don't remember how Bella's baby works. Okay, so I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Blade. You know Blade? Yeah. Okay, so he's a daywalker because his pregnant mother was bit by a vampire. Oh. But she was pregnant with a human baby. Right. Bella was pregnant with half vampire, half human baby, and it was too strong. It was ripping out of her. Right. So she had to turn turn into a vampire. Uh, oh. But it was just like a damn fear or something. It didn't have any vampire. I think it didn't need to like drink blood and stuff. I think huh. it was just right. powerful like a daywalker. <laughs> but it can grow. Like that's the thing. Oh, it can grow. It grows really fast. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> it grows faster than people so it can fall in love with the werewolf and get married right. to it by the end of the that book. That was wow. it. That was the weird yeah. part that I was trying to remember. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, because it sees the first thing it sees when it comes out is the werewolf and it's like... No, I don't... I don't the werewolf <laughs> fell in love with the baby. Oh, that was the creepy part true. because like the werewolf has one person that right. they can fall in love with and they imprint used to be Bella yeah it used to be Bella <laughs> but then it was like oh I don't know do we get to talk both of them? I think so. <laughs> I think so. That's fine. Uh, I'm definitely taking, I vote Sam loses at least one. Okay. Buck. I know too much about this lore. I've only seen the last movie of any oh, really? of it. That's oh, all wow. I read all the books before they were popular uh-huh. because it was like, Because it was from where you were from. It's from Washington. So right. I think this is really cool. And I'd yeah. be like, they're really uh, easy to you read. You wanted some tips on how to meet vampires. Mm-hmm. Wasn't right. Fifty Shades of Grey also in Washington? Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey is a fan fiction. We started out as Twilight fanfic. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, there you and go. So, yes. That makes sense now. But there's some movie promotional still where... <laughs> definitely <laughs> talking Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> where the dude... The mean dude is standing in a building looking over the Puget Sound and if there was a building there... It would have been in the middle of the water. So they didn't even get the picture right. They like took a drone shot or something. And the skyscraper couldn't have been there. (laughs) That's it. At this point, I think Fairy might need to lose two Hank Bucks. She she tangented her own Twilight tangent (laughs) with a Puget Sound tangent. (laughs) So uh, this is where we ask listener questions to our couch of finely honed scientific minds. And it's from at Cynthia Mary, who asks for real, how does the web thing work? Where do they come from? Is it stored somewhere or liquid secreted and then it gets fibrous? How do they build them so fast and so intricate? Do different spiders have different web patterns? Patterns? That's I know the answer to that last one, which is yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Different spiders have different web patterns. Mm-hmm. And spider silk, I know, is there's a thing called the spinneret, and the, it's secreted from a gland on their butt. And that's all I know. I know one more thing, okay. which is that there's multiple glands that produce different kinds of silk. Oh. The glands are called spinnerets, and apparently spiders can have between two and eight of them on their butts. Of course they can have eight. What's interesting is spinneret glands solidify the silk by acidifying the proteins, which is interesting. Before it gets into the gland, it's a liquid. And then when it enters the gland, it's like an acid bath that converts it into a solid protein fiber. It's apparently a similar chemical process, not in the chemicals involved, but in the like liquid turning into a protein chain, how fibers like nylon are made. 
orb weaver spiders are the webs that we're most familiar with. They're the mm-hmm. ones that like on a Halloween display, that right. spider web mm-hmm. is an orb weaver spider web. And so the way that they do it is they produce multiple strands of silk that make sort of a balloon. And I don't know, I guess they connect in some way. Hmm. So I don't think it makes a solid like bubble, but mm-hmm. enough. And it waits for the wind to blow it somewhere and snag onto something. Mm-hmm. And then it pulls that line taut. And then it does that a couple other times. And just like waiting for the wind to carry it. Blow me around. In a yeah. direction until it attaches to something. And then when it has a, a network of non-silky, not... When it has a network of non-sticky silk in all these different directions, then that's when it like joins them at the center and starts to do the concentric circles uh, mm-hmm. of sticky silk. Yeah, sticky is the uh, right. concentric. Okay, um, for most standard orb weavers, and it, there are of course tons of variations. Some of them mm-hmm. weave patterns into their webs for reasons mm-hmm. that we know about, like if they camouflage themselves or don't know about because they're just like a weird zigzag. We don't know if it's structural integrity or if it's like a surface. Can they get stuck to their own webs? Yeah. Okay. And so, you said that in a very sad way. Well, <laughs> I worry about them, even though I'm afraid of them. They can get stuck to their own webs. I think there are, like, usually they're really careful when manipulating their own webs, and they know where they've put down different silk. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't want to anthropomorphize them. But they also have, like, that's why they're hairy, is I think that helps them oh. stay, like, being more non-stick. So the part of the question where it asks how they do it so fast, the answer is that they don't necessarily do it very fast? hmm Okay. Yeah. Intricate just takes time. Apparently, spiders eat their webs. Can I like, eat a spider web? Protein in there? Probably I don't not. Know. Probably not. Well, I mean, I, mean, you I could. could. You could. I don't think it would harm you. People have used spider webs for medicinal okay. purposes. It's like a survivalist tip that if you have a bleeding wound or something, oh. bundle up a spider web. Hopefully, it doesn't have much like dirt spider. and stuff, yeah. <laughs> or like just decaying, <laughs> decaying bugs. stuff. Yeah, oh. and mm-hmm. then like stuff it in your wound, and it'll oh. help with healing. Uh. Cool. Yeah, stuff it in your wound. <laughs> Sounds like a great thing to say to somebody who's been mean to you. <laughs> Go stuff it in your wound, Jeremy. <laughs> if you want to ask the Science Couch your questions, follow us on Twitter at SciShow Tangents, where we will tweet out topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at Sociology Notes at Scarlet127 and everybody else who tweeted us your questions this episode. So there was a serious lapse into a tangent about Twilight. Uh-huh. The books that lost both Sari and Sam <laughs> one point. And so somehow I you have win. come out victorious. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> with two points. Sari and Sam each have one and Stefan pulling up in, over the, here. in the rear. I'm an Austrian peasant. <laughs> <laughs> If you like the show and you want to help us out, it's easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That's very helpful. Let's us know what you like about the show. Also, we're going to be looking at iTunes reviews for topic ideas for future episodes. So leave those there. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from the episode. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell, tell people, people about us. If you want to read more about any of today's topics, check out scishowtangents.org to find links to our sources and pictures of spiders. And if you haven't, you can go back and listen to all of the fear-based episodes we've put up this month hurry while it's still the halloween season thank you for joining us i've been hank green i've been sari riley i've been stefan chin and i've been sam schultz scishow tangents is a co-production of complexly and the wicked wonderful team at wnyc studios it's created by all of us and produced by caitlin hoffmeister and sam schultz who also edits a lot of these episodes along with haruka matsushima our eerie editorial assistant is deboki chakravarti our sinister sound design is by joseph tunamedish our scary social media organizer is victoria bongiorno and we couldn't make any of this without our putrid patrons on patreon 
Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a coffin to be filled, but a jack-o'-lantern to be lighted. But one more thing. <laughs> there is a spider called a trash line orb weaver okay. <laughs> who spin their webs and camouflage themselves with a vertical thread through it made out of trash, including leftover oh. insect carcasses, poop, or other stray oh. debris. And they also hide their egg sacs among the poop and trash because then predators just think, this is a trashy web, oh. and then move by. There's a floating turd over there. I'm yeah. not going over there. 